0: One of the hardest things about finding out that your partner has had an affair is the shame and embarrassment talking about it because it makes you feel like you did something wrong, that somehow you weren't good enough and that you didn't keep them happy. And there's such a misperception in the world around what affairs are like and what it means when somebody has had an affair. That's why I have created a monthly support group for women who have been betrayed by their partner. It's for women who are really ready to move through the grief and the pain in a healthful way so they can claim what's possible for them on the other side of infidelity and betrayal as quickly and as healthfully as possible. And part of that is having community, having community with people who were positive. There are so many online support groups where everybody's just really negative and grouchy and they just vent their own pain and they vomit their pain all over you. And this group is nothing like this. This group is honest. Yes, we're honest. But it's also about support and community and holding each other and building each other up. If this sounds like something that you would be interested in, go to www.com. Flourish After Infidelity, and sign up. When you sign up, you'll immediately get the Zoom link to our next meeting, and then you will be in the loop, and you will know when each monthly meeting is about to occur. I really look forward to having you there, to building this community of strong women together. Once again, it's www.flourishafterinfidelity.com. And we'll see you at our next meeting. Hello, and welcome to Flaunt Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and today we are going to talk about sacrifice. In particular, we are going to talk about sacrificing for your relationship. And then, even more specifically, over-sacrificing for your relationship. We're going to talk about what is the difference between like being collaborative and coming together and making sacrifices for the good of the relationship, and what is sacrificing, and what is over-sacrificing, and how does over-sacrificing hurt not only you, but the relationship as well because contrary to what you might think over sacrificing does not make the relationship better i'm going to repeat that over sacrificing does not make a relationship better in fact research shows that over sacrificing is detrimental to the relationship and if you're anything like me a chronic over-sacrificer, you might be thinking, but wait, how can that be? Because when I sacrifice, when I over-sacrifice and I just make everybody else happy, then everybody else is happy and they're going to love me. They're going to see how amazing I am and how loving I am and what a good, kind, caring person I am. And then it's going to make the relationship better, not only because they're going to see how good I am for them because I'm really good for them. I make them into a better person. But they're also going to be like, wow, I see how much she loves me. I see what she does for me. And I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose this person because I can see how this person totally loves me. Now, all of that that I just said is stuff that I've thought It's stuff that I have lived my life by, and it's stuff that is wrong. And that's what we're going to talk about today, why that is wrong, and what caused us to be that way in the first place. We've talked about this a little bit on other shows, but women are culturally conditioned to make sacrifices. And I really think that is the biggest part of it, that As kids, we're taught to be good little girls, to do what we're told, to put up and shut up, to get used to being uncomfortable ourselves, to make other people comfortable. Now, this is a bit of a tangent, but along those same lines, something that has bugged me for years is dress codes for women because they don't want the boys to be distracted. Since... I was in high school, that didn't make any sense to me. Why do I have to change what I am wearing because it distracts another boy? Why can't the boys learn not to be distracted? Now, we could probably do a whole show (laughs) on the pros and cons of dress codes. And that's not my intention. My intention is to talk about sacrificing. And that was just by way of example a way to show you how we, women, are culturally conditioned to sacrifice. I can't wear spaghetti straps. I can't show my midriff. I can't have short shorts because somebody else can't control themselves. And that's similar to what the sacrifice I'm talking about. But that's just that we have been raised to think that way. So is it any wonder that when we grow up and we get in relationships, We overgive. No, we do that because we have been raised to overgive. Okay, let's also talk about some of the things that I was talking about why we sacrifice. First, we've been raised to sacrifice, we've been raised to make ourselves uncomfortable at the expense of other people. But second, we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to be the heroine or the hero. We want to be the one the people admire. And you might be shaking your head saying, well, maybe that's you, Laura, but not me. And I'm going to push back on that. All humans want to be admired. All of them. Some people want to be admired more, and it's a bigger drive. And other people, it's not as important of a drive as a push. But all humans want to be seen and known and loved and valued for who they are. All of us want to be relevant in some way or to another person. So when we know that we have the power to make somebody happy just by sacrificing ourselves, it's something that we do when we want to be loved. And who doesn't want to be loved? We all want to be loved. So you think about our cultural conditioning, you think about our drive to be loved, of course we sacrifice. Also, you think about a lot of relationship um, advice or training that's going on out there. So much of it is be willing to collaborate, negotiate, give and take, do things that are important to your partner. Say no to other competing demands and take care of your partner first. And while that's all really good, valuable information, it only applies, and I do mean only applies, when it's reciprocal and when that which you are sacrificing is something that you are happy to sacrifice. Okay, with all of that background, let's talk about this research that came out of um, a university in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. The psychology professor that did this research analyzed more than 80 previous studies on the topic of sacrifice and making sacrifices in relationships and distilled four key points in the process. And we're going to talk about all of these four key points today. The first key point is a willingness to sacrifice. The second key point is the act, the actual act of sacrifice. The third key point is satisfaction with sacrifice. And the fourth point is the cost of the sacrifice. So what I'm going to do is kind of walk you through this study very generally and then talk about all of those four areas, both in terms of you, the betrayed partner, but also in terms of the cheating partner. Because what I thought was so interesting when I looked through this research was how it applies on both sides and how originally When I sat down to look at this, I was only thinking that it was going to be applicable to the betrayed partner, not the betrayer as well. So with that, let's start in on these four key points. And the first is a willingness to sacrifice. Okay. Being willing to sacrifice is a good thing. In a relationship, It's powerful and it is important when each party is willing to make a sacrifice. And the study found that people who were willing to make a sacrifice for the relationship had overall higher relationship satisfaction. But here's where it gets interesting. The act of sacrifice itself could, under the right circumstances, be really costly and detrimental to the relationship so here's how that broke down the willingness to make small sacrifices the willingness to have you know pizza instead of hamburgers the willingness to watch this movie instead of that movie to binge game of thrones instead of shits creek whatever it was the willingness and the act of making smaller sacrifices is what really keeps a relationship going and happy and on track and it keeps each partner wanting to stay in the relationship game and wanting to make sacrifices themselves that will benefit the other person. But when the sacrifices being made are bigger, that's when relationship satisfaction starts to go down. For example, if one party Doesn't want to stay home and raise the kids, say, but the other spouse is like, no, I really, really want you to stay home and raise the kids. And that person gets talked into it and they don't really want to do it. What happens is resentment starts building up. The person who made the sacrifice has lower well being after making the sacrifice. Because they're really doing what they don't want to do. They are living a life that they don't want to live. It's not just a matter of something small like pizza instead of hamburgers or Game of Thrones instead of Schitt's Creek. It's something significant like staying home when you want to work or living in California when you'd rather live in Ohio. It's a big sacrifice. And when you make that big of a sacrifice that you're not really happy making because it impacts you and your well-being and your life, then it's detrimental to the relationship. Now, it's obvious that it's detrimental for you because you don't want to be doing it. It's pretty obvious, too, that it builds resentment over time, that it makes you kind of push and poke at the other person. It makes you feel like you have something over their head. Well, yeah, I did this for you. So now what are you going to do for me? Yeah, well, here we are living in Ohio when I wanted to live in California. So because of that, now what you have to do is blah, 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 blah. Spend every holiday with my family, buy me this kind of house, whatever it is. And then it starts eating away at the person who asked you to make the sacrifice. So instead of saying, yay, thank you for choosing pizza for me. That was really awesome. Um, I really feel good about that. I appreciate you. They don't appreciate you because they recognize you made too big of a sacrifice. And they recognize that you're not happy. And they recognize that you are not happy because of them. And then they start feeling all kinds of guilt and frustration and anger at you for making the sacrifice. So instead of saying, thank you for quitting your job and staying home with the kids when you didn't want to, thank you for moving across country and living in a state that you didn't want to live in. Instead of being grateful, they start then resenting you as well. And what's going on in their head is things like, why did you say yes? Why would you do that to me? And then they start feeling victimized. Now, this is where I thought it really started getting interesting because I looked at my own marriage history pre-infidelity, pre-learning you know about any of this. And I was such a sacrificer. My husband had moved to Colorado for me. And he wanted to move to Colorado. We met in law school. He enjoyed it here. Um, We went back to California to live with his family for a couple of years. and, And I was like, I hate it. And he was like, I kind of hate it, too. I really miss Colorado. Um, He likes fishing. We were both close to my family. Cost of living was better at that time. There were all of these reasons. And it was kind of a mutual decision. I'm like, will you come back to Colorado? And he was like, yes, let's get back. I love it. So the sacrifice that he made in moving to get here, it was a sacrifice, because he was born and raised in California and he liked it out there, but he re- it wasn't that big of a sacrifice because he wanted to live out here. So that's an example of, okay, yeah, we're sacrificing and this is great. Once we had kids and I started staying home to raise the kids because that's what I wanted and that's what he wanted too. I started feeling like, oh my gosh, he's supporting us. He is supporting us financially, and even though I'm working very part time, even though I'm taking care of the kids and doing all the driving and the cooking and the cleaning and all of that that we would normally hire, instead of knowing my value and knowing my worth and being like, yeah, this is a win-win situation and I'm helping him to get ahead. I started feeling a little guilty. I started feeling like I needed to prove my worth. I started feeling like I owed him big time. So then I would start over-sacrificing. You need this? Okay. You need that? Okay. And I made it so I had no needs. The kids could have needs and I would fulfill those needs. He could have needs and I would fulfill those needs. But me, I refused to acknowledge, to express my own needs because I thought he will see that I am worth it, that having me at home and quote unquote supporting me to take care of absolutely everything, he will see that it's worth it. And I will show him that this sacrifice, the sacrifices that I'm making are because of him, because I appreciate him moving to Colorado, because I appreciate him doing all of this. Well, interestingly, do you know what was going on in his mind? It was not, how awesome is Laura? Look at this. I come home to a clean house. Look at this. She's at school volunteering. The kids are happy and healthy and we don't have to deal with, you know, daycare or anything like that. Oh, no, 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 no. He's thinking, she has no voice. She's spineless. Why is she doing all of this? And then he starts wondering about me and he's not thinking that I'm good. He's thinking that she's kind of weird. She has, she's a doormat. And it starts decreasing his view of my value because I decreased my own view of my value. So then I started seeing myself as less, less than. He started seeing me as less than. I started thinking and making myself out to have no needs. So he started treating me like I had no needs. He would just book his travel, whatever. Wouldn't consult me. Now, there's again a fine line when it's business travel. No, you cannot necessarily come home and say, you know, can I go on this business trip, honey? But there's also some of that flexibility, like this trip is coming up and it's on Halloween. How can we make this work? That consideration was not there. So then I started feeling more and more used and more and more resentful. And ironically, he started feeling more and more used and more and more resentful. And it is a chicken and the egg situation. I'm not going to say, oh, you know, you poor man, you had a woman out there who was willing to do everything for you and you couldn't handle it and it freaked you out. So you started cheating. I'm not going that far. What I'm trying to explain and to show is that dynamic and how when we think our sacrifice Is helping the relationship, how it's really damaging to the relationship. Not only to ourselves and the resentment that we feel and to our own self worth, but also to our partner. And in addition to that, everybody has self worth issues. Truly, everybody has self worth issues. In my case, my husband also questioned his worth. So when he would see me doing really good things, and being really successful as a mom, or at school, or was starting my business, but yet then I was still sacrificing and doing everything for him, then he would also have weird feelings of, I'm not good enough. She's doing all this for me, and I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Why is she doing this to me? And again, I'm not saying that this caused the cheating. But it's, con- it's, it's contributory. It's a contributing factor to all of the issues that led to him then cheating with women who were. Right? I've said this before in my show. So much less than me. So much They weren't givers. They weren't sacrificial at all. They took what they could get and they were out for themselves while I was at home sacrificing. Think about that dynamic. He had affairs with women who were 100% out for themselves for what they could get out of the situation for what they could take, they were willing to sacrifice nothing. Not a thing. Can I tell you how many times the women that I have worked with say, she was a witch. The affair partner was a witch. She was obnoxious. Like, objectively speaking, she was obnoxious. She never gave in. It was all about her. She was demanding. And he jumped. She said how high and he jumped that high. She said higher and he went higher. Why did he do everything for her and he did nothing for me? Why did he do everything for her and why did he put up with all of that demand when he would do nothing for me? Well, it all goes back to sacrifice. And these four points, the willingness to sacrifice, the act of sacrifice, the satisfaction with sacrifice, and then the cost of sacrifice. Okay, so we talked about that willingness to sacrifice and how being willing is a really good thing for your relationship, but how being too willing is really bad for your relationship because it lowers your view of yourself and your your worth which in turn lowers your partner's view of yourself and your worth. And it makes you resentful, and it makes them resentful. And resentment is just not good for a relationship. The next of these four key points is the act of sacrifice. I started the show by saying women, especially, are culturally conditioned to sacrifice whether it's at home whether it's at work even if we're progressive our culture expects women to sacrifice and that's what i said earlier about you know the dress code example we expect women to be the one that will make the sacrifice because of that when a woman does make a sacrifice a really big sacrifice or a small one it tends to not be seen or valued or appreciated because of that cultural conditioning that women are supposed to sacrifice. Think about it when you think about um, having kids when your child is sick and both partners are working. Who is expected to stay home? Typically, the woman is expected to stay home. And what happens when the man stays home? What is it called? It's called babysitting. The man is not babysitting. You never would say to a woman, are you going to stay home and babysit today? But yet with men, they'll be like, oh, I have to stay home and babysit today. Well, the presumption is that it's the woman's job to do everything. Men, when they stay home with a sick kid, men, when they volunteer at school, men, when they drive carpool or do play dates you're such a good dad. They are validated. They are appreciated. Everybody's like, oh, it's so great that the dads are here. Nobody ever says that about moms. Oh, yay, the moms are here. There are so many different areas and situations in our life where that exact presumption is also made. Whether it's around cleaning the house, men help out, men help the woman clean, men help the woman cook, men help the woman. The presumption is that women are supposed to do everything, and when the woman can't do it because she's too tapped out, then the man will step in and help. But the presumption is it's not his job. And that's how it is with a sacrifice. The woman is supposed to be the one to sacrifice. So when she does sacrifice, it's not really appreciated. Now, is it your partner's fault for not appreciating you? Yes and no. Yes, because they're not appreciating you. And no, because they have been raised in the society where the presumption is all around that women are supposed to sacrifice. On top of that, you probably, like me, often did not sit down and have a thinking state conversation around, this is what the cost of the sacrifice means to me. I am willing to do this because it means a better life for our family, because it means a jump in your career and I know how much your career means to you. But we don't talk about it and say, this is a significant sacrifice that I am willing to make. And when the time comes, I also expect you to make that sacrifice for me. Again, so many of the women that I work with who have stayed home with their kids will say things like, I sacrificed my career and I stepped back. And then when the kids were older and I wanted to go back, they were not willing to turn around and sacrifice for me. They were not willing to hang with me, to fund my education, to support while I went back to school and built my career. I sacrificed for them to build their career, but now they're not sacrificing for me to build my career and it's my fault. Those are some of the things that we need to talk about, but we can't even talk about them until we understand them. And we can't understand them until researchers... Like this, come out with some research, or you listen to some shows like this, or some read some books, or something like that. The act of sacrifice is a big, worthy act, and we need to talk about it. And we need to talk about what it means to us. And when we do it, it needs to be appreciated. Because, again, bottom line if you make a big, significant sacrifice for somebody and they don't appreciate it, and you have just done it, then why would you do it again? Why would you do it again? And I look at myself again and I think back on the times when I kicked myself time and time again. When I made the sacrifice over and over and over and over and I got kicked every single time. But what's ironic is I saw him as kicking me, not me as kicking myself. I was the martyr. Look at this. I'm working so hard. And I made dinner and he didn't even come home to eat it. And I took care of this and that and the other thing. (gasps) And he didn't notice. Then why did I continue to sacrifice? And again, what is that fallout? I felt worse about myself. He started feeling worse about me too. Then he would also feel the reason I would feel resentment. He would feel resentment. And then suddenly he needs to rebuild his self-worth because in moments of clarity, when he does see, holy cow, look at all this stuff she's doing. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve that. She's going to leave me. I better go find a woman who will never, sacrifice for me. I'm going to go find a woman who is never going to make me feel this way because it feels bad to have somebody stabbing themselves in the eye on my behalf. And it does. It feels bad to have somebody chronically and constantly over-sacrificing for you. Now, the third of these four key points is satisfaction with the sacrifice. Like I was saying, if you choose to make a big sacrifice and you're satisfied with it, it doesn't matter how big that sacrifice is. If your well-being going forward is good, if your mental state is healthy, if you are satisfied with the choice that you made. When I first left my job, it took a while to figure out If this was something I was going to like or not, it took a while for me to work into it and to figure out okay, can I do part time work? Should I do full time work? Should I do legal stuff? Should I do wellness stuff? It took a while for me to figure out. And then I became satisfied with it. Had I not been satisfied with it and had I stayed the course and lived 20 years, Being completely miserable and unsatisfied in my choice? That would not have been healthy for my relationship. That would not have been healthy for either of us. You know when you think about people saying, we're staying together for the kids. Oh my gosh, I hate that. What, you're staying together so you can model how to live a life of misery for your kids? You're staying together so your kids can live in a household with two people who openly despise each other? You're living in a household where nobody is happy because each of you is sacrificing for the other and it's making you all miserable? Why is that a good thing? It's not a good thing. And that's that satisfaction with the sacrifice. Now, if you're saying, we're going to stay together for the kids because we both still really like each other a lot and we're great roommates and we're great co-parents and everything is just hunky-dory and we're both really, really happy and you're happy with your sacrifice, then that's going to be okay. But if you're saying to yourself, I'm going to sacrifice and stay in this marriage because I have no other options, let me tell you, your relationship is going to get worse. Your health is going to get worse. Your mental well-being is going to get worse. Because when you sacrifice, it needs to feel good. You might have heard the phrase when people talk about charity, give until it hurts. I don't think you should give until it hurts. You should give until you feel satisfied. You can give until it feels good, but why would you ever give until it hurts? Life is supposed to feel good. Life is supposed to bring us joy and satisfaction. And it's really hard to find joy and satisfaction when you're making sacrifices to the point that it hurts. I don't care if it's sport training or any kind of working out. You don't want to push yourself until it hurts and you're injured. You can push yourself until it's a slight struggle, but do not push yourself until it hurts. That makes no sense. And the same thing goes with sacrificing. Be willing to make the sacrifice. Make the sacrifice. And then have satisfaction around that sacrifice. And if you don't, don't make that sacrifice. Had my husband wanted to stay in California, there would have been no way I would have been happy out there. I did not like it. It was beautiful, sure, but the cost of living was ridiculous. His family and the drama that was going on with that was ridiculous. I'm an only child, and my whole family is here, and I missed them. My friends were all here. Had I made that sacrifice, do you think our relationship would have gone on happily? Oh, heck no. Now, I made a joke earlier about watching Game of Thrones versus Schitt's Creek. And I'm just gonna make a Shits Creek reference here. So if you've watched the show, yay! And if not, don't worry. I'm gonna explain it. It's not gonna go over your head. Two of the characters are named Alexis and Ted. And Alexis and Ted started dating. And long story short, lots of funny drama later, they truly, truly fell in love. And he got his dream. Career position in I want to say the Galapagos dream career position. He was a vet in the series, and and this was a position where he could go to the Galapagos Islands, like live in a hut with mosquito netting and work with turtles and bugs and fish and insect, and it was everything he had ever wanted for his entire life. And Alexis was a big city girl who was just on the verge of this major publicity career that she had gone to school for, that she had trained for, that she, she worked with her mom. She was her mom's publicist. She did all of this amazing stuff and she was just on the cusp and she was so happy. And she hated bugs and tents and insects. She didn't even really like animals. And they loved each other very deeply. Both of them were willing to sacrifice. He said he would not take the dream position. She said she would move out there for him. They were both willing to make that sacrifice. But at the end, they told each other, I don't want you to move out here. I don't want you to give this up. I don't want to break up, but this is too big of a cost. This is too big of a sacrifice, and I know you won't be happy. And if you won't be happy, then we can't be happy and I can't be happy. And then I'm going to feel guilty because I made you do this. And that goes right to that fourth point, which is the cost of the sacrifice. When the cost is so high, it's just not worth it. What is the cost of the sacrifice? Is there something else you can do? Is there something else you can negotiate? Or is it just one of those unfortunate, sad things that it's just not going to work out? What this really reminds me of, which this whole cost thing reminds me of, is in law school, we learned about cost-benefit analysis, which is exactly what it sounds like. You take the cost, you look at the cost of something, you look at the proposed benefits of something and then you weigh them because you need to find out if it's reasonable, if it's reasonable that somebody would do something or not. And the reason that you need to find out if it's reasonable is because that is what you use to determine if somebody's behavior was rational or not. So if you look at and I know this is not a court case, but it's using that cost-benefit analysis. If you look at buying a lottery ticket, how much does a lottery ticket cost? Well, a dollar. It's not a lot. What is the benefit of that? Well, (laughs) if you win and it's the multi-million, that's a really big benefit. So for most people, They're willing to lose a dollar because even though it's a very slim chance of winning the lottery, it's a huge payoff if they do it. So sometimes when, it you know, Powerball or whatever it is, when it's a really high amount, people who never play the lottery will be like, yeah, I'll put a dollar in or I'll buy $10 worth of tickets because the payoff is so big. But the cost is relatively low. So that makes sense. It makes sense to play the lottery sometimes. However, change that situation around. If you are completely destitute, if you cannot afford food, fuel, (laughs) clothing, water, a home, if you've got children depending on you, does it make sense to put $500 $500 in to play the lottery ticket. No, that doesn't make sense. Because you don't have the $500. You need that $500. And your chances of winning are really, really, really low. So that's why you have to look at the facts of the situation. You have to look at the cost. What does that cost? What is what is a dollar or $5 or $10 What is the cost of that to somebody who has got a full, healthy job, a full, healthy bank account? It's a low cost. But to somebody who's really struggling and who is not working, that's a higher cost. And when your chances of winning the lottery are slim to none, you can see how one situation it makes sense and in the other situation, it doesn't make sense at all. And that's what you need to do around sacrifice is look at the cost of that sacrifice. What is it costing you? So these are the four points that were summarized in the research. The willingness to sacrifice, the act of sacrifice, the satisfaction with sacrifice, and the cost of sacrifice. And it's just one of those things that really struck me about how much, how often, how often I sacrificed because I thought it was the right thing to do, because I thought it would make our relationship stronger, because I thought it would make my husband love and cherish and worship me even more. And how interestingly, my acts of sacrifice caused me to resent him and caused him to resent me. What about in your relationship? Are you an overgiver? What was the biggest sacrifice you have ever made? What's the biggest sacrifice you have ever made before finding out about the infidelity? How did that sacrifice go for you? What's the biggest sacrifice you made after learning about the infidelity? Are you in that camp of, I will sacrifice my happiness and we're going to make it work? Because if you are, it might be time to reconsider. To acknowledge that while you are willing to sacrifice on behalf of the kids, because of your husband's reputation, For whatever reason, just a willingness to give him a second chance. What is that act of sacrifice costing you? And how satisfied are you thinking about that sacrifice? I went through several years there when our marriage was feeling rocky where i would kind of think about should i stay or should i go and what does that look like for my family willingness to stay and sacrifice versus willingness to move out and start anew and sacrifice it's both a sacrifice isn't it it both has it both of them have a cost Which one would have made me happier? Something that I often thought was for me, I needed to know that I had given something my all and I had needed to know that I had tried. And what's interesting about that and that phrase, giving it my all and that I tried, it's easy to lose track of how you feel. Because I could have given so much my all and been abused, neglected. Or I could have given up my all and then stayed in touch with how I felt and thought, you know what? I tried. I tried for X many weeks or days or months, and I'm not doing that anymore because it makes me feel bad. And that's the distinction right there. A lot of people question why I stayed after my husband's cheating, because his cheating, no question, was pretty egregious. Five women over 15 years. That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. And people will say to me in regards to staying, why are you willing to sacrifice and to stay with somebody who did that? Well, let's let's break this down. I was willing to sacrifice people's views of me and my actions possibly look like a fool if he did it again. I was willing to do that because I thought the benefit of figuring it out And understanding what had really gone wrong and why he had made the choices that he had was such a strong benefit to me, to my soul, to my mind. That I was willing to take that risk, that I was willing to make that sacrifice of my own dignity in the short term. I thought, of course, financially, of course we think financially emotionally i have a lot of fun with him i always did he was my best friend my partner in crime all of that stuff i'm willing to sacrifice some more years some more months some more weeks some more dollars in investing in coaching and counseling and other type of programs i'm willing to sacrifice all of that because the benefit could be huge. And my internal sense of satisfaction from understanding it and figuring it out would have been great. It is great. And my sense of satisfaction with not having to move out and disrupt my family at that point in time. It didn't feel like it was a super high cost to me. It felt like I had all the cards in my hand for the first time ever. I finally knew what I wanted. I was finally done sacrificing. I knew what made me feel resentful. I knew what made me feel used and abused and downtrodden and all of that. And because the cheating had come out... And suddenly there was nothing in me that wanted to sacrifice anymore. I was like, oh, I am not sacrificing a thing. You fight for me now. You prove your worth to me now. Because I've done that for 23 years and look where it got me. So, of course, I was willing to wait and to hang out and to see what he was then willing to do. And then on his behalf, What was he willing to sacrifice? Because you have to look at both sides of it. One of the things that came out is I said, I am not going to shut up around this. I'm already coaching around wellness. And this was my most significant mental health challenge and life challenge ever. And if you for one second think I'm going to be quiet about it, you're wrong. Let me tell you, everybody at your work is going to know, everybody in the world is going to know, everybody is going to look at you and know that you're a cheater, not because I'm being vindictive, but because this is who I am, and this is how my healing is, and this is how I believe we have got to be honest and put it out there. So you've got to sacrifice a whole heck of a lot of your dignity. And you have to be okay with that. Because we're not going to have this resentment building up that he wishes I would be quiet, blah, 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 and he's so embarrassed and he has to make excuses. So he had to be willing to sacrifice his professional reputation, his personal reputation. He had to talk to people and family and friends and own it. And here's the best part. Do you want to hear about his satisfaction when he did that? It skyrocketed. He said, for the first time in his life, he wasn't hiding. He was so happy to talk to people. Do you know what so many of the people that he talked to said? Oh God, infidelity ruined my first marriage. I had nobody to talk to. I was so horrified and embarrassed. Blew up our marriage. I understand. I'm here for you too. I'm glad you and Laura are working through this. Let us know if you need support. So he made a huge sacrifice to me that made him feel good because for the first time he could be honest. So, what's the cost of that sacrifice to him? It was a benefit. He was embarrassed in the short term. Of course, there were a few people that didn't get it, but by and large, everybody did, and he felt better. Do you know how I felt about him? Oh my gosh, proud. He is fighting for me. Do you know how I felt about myself? Way more empowered. I can can have needs. I can speak up for what I want. I can say no. We both started living our relationship differently. We're both willing to sacrifice on the small things. We're both more open about talking about it. We're both more forward thinking about thinking, what would the sacrifice cost me? If it makes me happy and I'm willing to do it, and it makes me happy for me, not happy because then I'm going to trap him into being indebted to me, but truly happy, or truly not caring. Like, I truly don't care sometimes if if we have pizza or burgers. I really don't care. I don't care. But being in touch then with how I feel about the sacrifices that I'm going to make, how he feels about the sacrifices that he is willing to make, and what it's going to cost us if we make them, has made all the difference in the world. So, that is the difference between sacrificing and oversacrificing. Sacrifice when it feels good, not when it feels manipulative and martyrish and like, oh, you are the angel and the hero sacrificing, but when it feels good. Because really, it's all about you, it is all about how you feel as you lead this one beautiful life that you've got. So it all boils down to how does this make you feel? And if the answer is good or fine or part of a really strong team, then go ahead and make that sacrifice. But if the answer is in any way, I'm doing it for love. I'm doing it for him or for them. I'm doing it Uh, 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 because... Stop it. You are not expected to sacrifice. Nobody else is entitled to your sacrifice. You get to choose what you sacrifice. You get to speak up how that sacrifice makes you feel. And you get to be validated and honored for exactly who you are have an amazing week thank you so much for this incredible conversation around sacrifice and as usual always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough this podcast is sponsored by better help have you been struggling lately Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced better help. Therapist special offer to Flaunt create a life you love. After infidelity and betrayal, listeners, you get ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com/flaunt. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P com slash Flaunt. F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Tune in next time to flaunt, find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer, Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern time on syndicated dream vision, seven radio network. Develop Naked Self-Worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com.